we're going to uh, progress in or head the direction of our theme for this week, which is that of a commissioning king. And we're going to do so through a, a title we're going to call, or a thought we're going to call, It Goes On and On. So Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to be. We'll connect some gospel dots uh, with some other writings as well of Paul and Peter. But uh, our main launch point here is going to be Ephesians 4 where we'll spend our time together this morning. So go ahead and turn there if you'd like or it's on the wall as always. Uh, so as we get started, I just want to ask you a question. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like something was, it was never going to end? You ever been there? Okay. Yeah, that's what it feels like, right? 24 hours every day, but it feels like that day will never end. How many of you have ever had a sickness? Like a cold or a cough, you know, or the flu, and you just felt like this is never going to end. I'm never going to get beyond this pain or beyond whatever it is that I'm dealing with, with maybe a, a sickness. So yeah, I, I've felt that way before. We were talking this morning in our Bible study about school days. I remember a school day as a child thinking this day would never end. Anybody else that way? You guys probably just love school and couldn't get enough of it, but I just felt like it was never going to get over, and like spring break was never going to come, and summer break would never get here, and it was just like, come on, like this is going on and on and on, and I need a break. This has got to end. And so maybe you have found yourself like that before, thinking that something would never end. Uh, maybe you've sat in a service, as I have, just being honest, and you thought, man, is this thing ever going to end? He's like the Energizer Bunny today. <laughs> all right, somebody go tell him to take a break, all right? What was the say amen Pharaoh, right? Say amen Pharaoh. What does amen Pharaoh mean? Let my people go, right? Let them go. You've had them too long. And so sometimes we may feel that way. And I've done the same thing speaking. I've stood here and looked at my watch for the clock and thought, buddy, you've got to get quiet. You've got to get done, you know, it just quit speaking. Shut it down. And so I understand that full well too. It goes on and it goes on and sometimes it seems like it's never going to end. When we were coming back from Florida, sometimes we usually we'd get up real early and leave. And so we get back early, you know, and it feels like you've still got some day left. Well, this time we just kind of slept in a little bit and had breakfast and said goodbye to family and just kind of took our time traveling up. And it felt like we were never going to get home. I mean, we were in Alabama at like 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and you're like, are we ever going to get there today? It's just crazy. I just want to pull over and get a hotel room, you know, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Never going to end. It goes on and on and on. So maybe you've had some things like that in your life, and I'm sure we understand what that means. But specifically today, what we're talking about is the mission of God. The commission of God that He set in place for you and I it just goes on and it goes on and it goes on. And it never changes. It never ends. It's always the same. Um, I don't know how else to say it. We've said it for a long time. You guys have said it, many of you, longer than I've ever even been alive. The mission is still clear. The process is still simple. The call is still just as demanding and difficult. There's no other requirement on my life or your life than the mission that Jesus gave almost 2,000 years ago to some people sitting on the side of a mountain. So let's talk about them here for just a minute. I, I think this is a pretty cool thought, actually. 
You know, these disciples thought that Jesus was going to rule and reign, didn't they, before he was crucified. And when he was crucified, they thought, man, what's going on? Right? And so their like, hopes and dreams of a better life were just dashed. And here he comes three days later and he's resurrected like we celebrated last week. And so you know they're charged. Like, I have no idea what they felt like. Like to see Jesus resurrected. You had to know in that moment that they're thinking, now's the time. Right? Wouldn't you think that? As a matter of fact, they asked Jesus the question in the book of Acts. Is now the time? Is this the day that we're going to start setting up shop here, kingdom here? And so they were excited about this. But Jesus tells them to go to a mountain. He's going to give them a commission. Some of them are still struggling with, is this really happening? And yet he lays it out for them what they are to do. And his promise was, I'm with you how long? To the end of the age. I'm with you always. Okay? And then you get in the book of Acts and Jesus says, I'm with you always. And he starts ascending and he goes away. So what would you be thinking? Hmm. I'd be thinking, have we got to the end of the age? Right? He said he's with us to the end of the age and he's disappeared behind the clouds. What's going on here? And the angels say, hey, listen. Quit looking at the clouds. Go wait for power that's going to come to empower you to go be witnesses. And when it comes... You're going to go to the world and you're going to make disciples of all nations. That's life. That's why you breathe. And until you quit breathing, this is what it's about. And so you and I, the cool thought to me is that we are linked with that conversation on that mountain in Galilee that Jesus had with that small group of people. The mission hasn't changed. It's just as real and clear and demanding and we are just as accountable today as those men and women were back on that day to carry out our mission. So we're going to see that the mission of being disciples who make disciples, it just goes on and it goes on and it goes on. And so Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to go and we're going to find Paul writing here as a guy who's kind of found his place in this, right? Saul was a persecutor of the church, thought he loved God, realized he was standing against God, a rebel against the Son of God. Jesus gets a hold of his heart um, that intersection on that road, Saul becomes Paul, and now he's a preacher to the Gentiles, right? That's his position in being a disciple who was going to make disciples. And so everybody's role is going to be a little bit different, but the mission is exactly the same. And we'll see this as we get to our text here in Ephesians chapter 4. Um, so being disciples, on mission with God, making disciples. So we're going to go verse 1 to verse 16. So I encourage you to follow along as we read this morning. So here he is, Paul. Paul, I'm a prisoner for the Lord. And as a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. So be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. And bear with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's, only, or there's one body and one Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called. There's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, there's one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and he gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? So he who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. And so Christ himself, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers 
to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we'll grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. And so from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and it builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And so we'll work our way through a few of these middle verses here specifically as it relates to being disciples who are on mission with Jesus. So the commission of Jesus, we've talked about that before. If you were in some of our studies today, that's what we were dealing with. Matthew 28, Acts 1, uh, talking about the commission from the commissioning king that would go on until the king returns. And so this is our marching orders. This is the battle plan. This is why my heart beats right now. This is why your lungs are breathing right now. This is life. And so a few things we'll highlight today as we progress through. All right. Number one is this. The commission of Jesus, it unites all believers together and it does so with one purpose. And so what, as we mentioned earlier, when Jesus was talking with the people on the side of the mountain in Galilee, he gave them a commission. And it hasn't changed since then. They didn't accomplish it and then it stopped. Okay? It's perpetual. It just keeps going and going. It's this, it's this a principle of multiplica uh, multiplication. It just continues to press and to move to, to all nations. And so for you and I today, for everybody who's a believer, this is what it looks like and this is why we breathe. And so our purpose is one. Okay? Are we different ages in this room? Different life experiences? Different levels of education? Do we live in different backgrounds? Or live in different neighborhoods? Have different backgrounds? Have different circle of friends? Right? Very different. Okay? We're very diverse in all those sorts of things. We've got different gifts that God has given to you uh, and to me. Those things are varied, um, but yet they're partnered. And they're linked. And so you and I are to be partnered and linked forever in this mission of, of making disciples. So really, before we go any further, how many of you feel like you are or know that you are a disciple of Jesus? You're a follower of Jesus. You've confessed him as your Savior, and you are pursuing him as a learner, kind of an understudy of Jesus. Would you say that's you? Okay. Do you feel like you struggle with being a disciple? Okay, I think we probably all would say we struggle in those areas. Do you feel like you struggle to make disciples? Right? Is there this area of our life where it's kind of, I know it's my commission, I've heard this before, I just don't know how to do it, and we've got our whole list of reasons why we struggle with it, right? So this is what we're gearing to, to talk about here today. This is the purpose behind this message. All right, Connect, Grow, Serve, we've talked that a ton, and we'll continue to talk those principles but this is getting to kind of where we struggle with the, the mission, with this commission. Uh, but we're partnered together. Same mission from the very get-go back there with Jesus on the hill. And so let's read the scriptures here once again going back to the, verse 3. He says, Make ye every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. And so what's the common number here? One, 
right? So this is the number of unity. And so this is a picture of what it looks like to be varied ages, where we live, where we work, the friends that we have, all those sorts of things. This is the picture of what it is to be one. And I think that's one of the beautiful expressions of a church is that we can go from two months to 92 years old and have various life experiences and yet be connected through uh, the same mission, the same spirit, the same Lord, the same baptism, the same faith, the same God. And so this includes you and I today, but it goes all the way back, once again, as we've said, to the mouth of Jesus. Now here's what's interesting. There are millions of people who have followed Christ between that initial commission and to this day. People we don't know. Right? And yet they were faithful. They took Jesus at His word and they lived out the mission. And we know that because in part that's why we're here today. Right? I mean somebody, you're a follower of Jesus because somebody talked to you about Jesus. True? Were you just swinging on a swing one day and all of a sudden an angel came down and said, Jesus really is the Son of God? It probably didn't happen for you that way. I would say there was somebody in your family or somebody in your neighborhood or a coworker, somebody close to you who started talking to you about this guy named Jesus and you were drawn to what is true. Right? So people, millions of people since that initial conversation have continued and continued just to buy into the mission. And the result is you and I are sitting here today in part because of that faithfulness, because of their commitment, their unity, and the mission. And the truth will be said beyond us. You know, a hundred years from now, most of us, I would say, in this room aren't going to be on this planet. Right? So Jesus is going to come back somewhere. Maybe He comes back before that. Maybe it's way beyond that. Who knows? But there will be people a hundred years from now who are saying the exact same thing that I'm saying today. And there were people a hundred years ago who said the exact same thing that I'm saying today who no longer walk this planet. Right? They were faithful in the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, 19, and now it's our turn. It's our day. And we're united with them. Like there's this link. There's this link that goes all the way back. And I, I love that. Like we, we like our heritage, don't we? And we like to think about our family line and you know, that we're following in so-and-so's footsteps and we're kind of, we look like them and we resemble them. We take pride in that kind of stuff. Well, listen, there's nothing to be more proud of than the fact that we are linked back to a conversation that took place with a resurrected king saying, go make disciples. Your mission, your marching orders, my mission, marching orders are exactly the same. Be a disciple who goes and makes disciples disciples. Anything wrong with making money? Nope. Did Jesus say go make money? No. You won't open your Bible and be, okay, go make money. Nope. He doesn't say that. What about go make a career? Nope. What about, hey, go make a name for yourself? Does he say that? He doesn't say that, right? What he says is, go and make what? Disciples. Okay? Money may be a part of that. And working a career to earn money may be a part of that. But, but it's all intended to that end goal of making disciples. But Jesus, you might say when you come before him one day, look at how much money I made. You think he cares? I mean, if streets are really made of gold, I don't think money's a big deal to Jesus. Right? 
If he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, as the scriptures say, I don't think he's going to be impressed by the measly amount of money that we make. What he's going to care about is, were we faithful to the mission? But Jesus, you know, I was a good dad. Okay. Did you make disciples? But Jesus, I worked hard at my career in my neighborhood. They knew me as a caring, hospitable person. Okay. But did you make disciples? And there's all sorts of things that work to make disciples. And that all blends in with our Connect, Grow, Serve. But they all, the end goal is the glory of God. Right under the glory of God is go make disciples. Right? If you're creating a flow chart, your top box would be the glory of God. Low line, the next box, make disciples. That's how it gets accomplished. Completing the work that we've been sent to do just as Jesus was sent to die on a cross. He says, I've finished the work. He's commissioned us with this work and it's our job to go get it finished. So he saved us initially to be united. All right, let's progress then. We know that. But I just think that's neat that we can track this all the way back. All right, not just your grandparents and great-grandparents. People you've never met. Somewhere influenced people that you never met who are part of our family tree. All right, and the result is somewhere along the way that's just continued to be passed down and we've believed and we're standing here or sitting here this morning as a result of that. All right. Number two, the commission of Jesus sends us to reach those who have yet to believe. All right. So there are people, and I don't believe there are people sitting in this room who may feel this way, um, but there are people who say that they're Christians who believe that the call to go make missions or the call to go make disciples is really geared towards those who may be like pastors or missionaries. Like that's your job and we'll support you in that. Uh, and that's your job, and we'll pray for you in that. And I have heard those things. Pastor, whatever you want to do, we're behind you. No? Okay, I mean, I appreciate that. But where do I really want to be with you? I really want to be beside you. Because your mission and my mission are one and the same. They work out differently. Our roles within the mission may be a little bit different. Your gifts are different than mine. How God's led you is different than how He's led me. But our mission is the same. Corey, go make disciples. And put your name in, and you go make disciples. And so arm in arm, serving together is what it's about here, rather than saying, oh no, it's your job, we'll cheer you on, we'll support you in it, you go do it, uh, we'll kind of make sure that we can back you however we can. So if you've been saved, your role is to make disciples. And it's God's plan for the rest of your life. Right? You may not feel like you've got a whole lot of time left, you may feel like you've got a lot of time left. A uh, gentleman that many of you know passed away yesterday just out in the blue. No health problems, no concerns. He just passed away. If you would have asked him this morning, is today your day? He'd probably say no. Is today your day? Yeah. We might say I don't know, but we don't know that it is, right? And so for as long as you and I have breath, this is what it looks like, guys. This is what life is to be about. Making, making disciples. And we can do a lot of good stuff, man. We can take care of a facility and we can clean it up, make it look nice. And that has its place. But what's got to be preeminent is the mission that's laid before us. God's not going to care about were the walls decorated real pretty or was the carpet, did it match the pews? Okay, it's got a, 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 an insignificant place in relation to the mission. What he wants us to be about, what he says I'm with you always in, is this work of making disciples. And so it's yours as much as it is as it is mine. And so if we're to go out and reach people who are far from God, what that says to me today is that there are people around us who are far from God that can be reached. 
You believe that? There are people in your family, there are people sitting here last Sunday that you say, well, they won't be back till next Sunday. You don't know that. Or next Easter, rather. Do you believe what the frame says on the back there in the wall? Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine? You think God can reach your hard-hearted loved one? You think he can soften that and make it pliable clay again? Yeah, I hope we believe that. Right? And we'll talk more about that here in just a minute. But we have been sent just as Jesus was sent. Our mission's different than his specifically. But the call is the same. Reach those who are far from God. Right? Making disciples is not all about that, but it definitely includes that. Reaching people who have yet to believe. Remember Peter wrote and God speaking through him, he said, God's not willing that anybody perish, but he wants everyone to come to repentance. Right? He's not willing that anybody be condemned, and so he gave his son so that whoever believes will have everlasting life. So we believe these things to be true, and that includes all the people around us today. We've been sent to reach those who have yet to believe. And so let's read this. If we go back to Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12, here you've got Christ giving gifts. And he's doled these out the way that he felt is appropriate. Christ gave, the apostles, gave some to the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Why did he do all this? To equip his people for works of service. Part of that service is to minister to and through this body. Part of that service is about reaching out and fulfilling the mission. Being a disciple who not only is being discipled, but works to make other disciples as well. See, nowhere in the Bible will you find where it says salvation is all about you or all about me. Has Jesus forgiven you? Okay, so two of you are forgiven. Jesus has forgiven you too. Has he given you hope? Has he given you peace? Has he given you joy? Has he given you comfort? All right? Has he promised a place for you? Right? There's all sorts of things. You say, Corey, salvation isn't for me, but it sounds a whole lot like he's done a lot of this for me. Well, yeah, we're part of it. This is for his disciples. Right? But to be a disciple who is not following with the purpose of making disciples, it misses the mark. I go to church and sing songs and put money in a plate and I'm kind to people and I try to serve others. Great. That's got a part. But also a part of this is working to reach people who are far from God. Reaching out to people who have yet to believe. So yeah, there's a part in there that sounds like it's for us and it is. But it doesn't end in us. It's this perpetual work, this multiplication work that continues to go from us, through us, to others who have yet to believe. Now would you say making disciples happens naturally? I think this is probably where we struggle the most, right? We're pretty good with reading our Bible and trying to grow and learn and apply what it is that we're learning, you know, to trust God and to pray to God. And we've been talking about here, leave room for God. All these sorts of things about our life, but when it comes to reaching out to someone intentionally that doesn't know God, establishing a relationship intentionally with someone who doesn't believe in God, we kind of put the brakes on. 
we're not sure how to go about it. We've got all of our reasons why we feel like we can't go about it or somebody else should go about it. But the bottom line is, if it's going to get done through us, it's going to be because we intentionally do it. Right? I'm not just going to walk past somebody and all of a sudden they become a follower of Jesus. It doesn't happen. You and I have got to be intentional. Are you going to eat today? You are? Are you sure? Are you going to see to it that that happens? I mean, as long as we're living, right, we're going to try to make sure that that happens. All right? Unless we're fasting, how many of us would go a day without eating intentionally? Purposefully? How many of us would be more like, I'm not going to miss a meal? That's where I tend to live. Right? I'm not going to miss a meal. I'm not going to miss a day eating. I'm going to be intentional on that. And so in disciple making, I need to have the same bent, the same desire. I'm not going to miss a day trying to live intentional and reaching out to people who are far from God as part of that day. That makes sense? You're going to eat and be fueled because you intentionally do it. Nobody's going to go home today and just sit at a table and all of a sudden food's going to appear. Now, sometimes as kids, we may think it happens that way. Where does this come from? If we don't work, we don't earn. The Bible says if you don't work and earn, guess what? You don't eat. And so we work to earn in part so we can go to a store and get food and prepare it to sit at a table and eat. Look at everything there that's intentional. Look at all the work we put into those 15 or 20 minutes just to nourish ourselves. We've got to have the same intentional heart when it comes to making disciples. When it comes to reaching out to people who are different than us. And there's a lot of them, aren't there? We're different. And that's good and that's bad. It's good because we are to be different. There should be something different between us and people that don't believe. It's bad sometimes in the sense that it makes us people that are easily pushed away. And yet we've got to stay intentional. So with that, I want to encourage you, don't give up on people. You've got people in your world who don't believe, or you've got people in your world who once believed, but they've walked away, and there's other things that are occupying their time now, or it's more important. They're not even sure if they're welcome back, or if God could forgive them. Don't give up on those people. We've got to be intentional on our part, right? We've got to keep pressing on when people say no. We've got to keep praying and looking to serve people when they say, I'm not interested. I've told you about my Uncle Dick. When my dad became a believer, God saved him entirely. Like he had no clue of who Jesus was and what this all meant. As a young man, when he started following Jesus and learning what was true about the realities of heaven and hell, he went to his sister, Patty, who was married to a man named Dick. And he sat down and pleaded with them. This isn't what we were taught as kids. But I'm telling you, sis, there's a God. And He sent His Son, Jesus, because we're sinful people. And we've got to repent of our sins and be saved. And if we don't, then hell is our eternal home. You'll be eternally destroyed. And my dad pleaded with his brother-in-law. And my Uncle Dick got to the point where he said, Lee, that's my dad, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll say whatever you want me to say. I just don't believe it. 
And my dad was crushed. I've presented all that. Like, how can you, how can you just walk away from this? He was crushed, man. So, and he didn't talk to them anymore about those kinds of things. He would invite them to church, pray for them. And we'd do holidays and birthdays with them. And they'd come around and we would pray, but he didn't present some kind of gospel message. But he stayed at it. My mom stayed at it. And other people stayed at it. And when my grandma Malone passed away, my Aunt Patty and my Aunt Penny, my dad's two sisters, both said if there had been a time of response, we would have responded that day. At a funeral? Absolutely. God can use anything to draw people. And so my aunt, just not shortly after that, she became a believer, and shortly after that, my Uncle Dick became a believer. And you know what he's doing now? He goes around and he knocks on people's doors and he invites people to church to tell them about a God who gave his son because he loves them to die for them because they're a sinner destined to hell and if they don't repent of their sins, this is what will be theirs. What's the point? Don't quit. People are going to reject. They're going to press back. They're going to have questions. They're not going to all of a sudden just believe. But that's on us just to keep going. We've got to know that and keep pressing on. I can't come to Jesus and say, I tried Jesus, but nobody would listen to me. If I quit, we've got to stay at it. And I need your help. I need your prayer backing me as I talk and pray and try to win people. And you need the prayers of the people sitting beside you, walking with you, serving alongside you as you go to try to win people to the Lord, as you try to talk with people who are far from God. Because God sent you just like He has sent me to go reach those who have yet to be reached so that they might believe. It's what I've been saved to do and it's what Jesus has saved you to do. It's part of the work, guys. So we said earlier we've been saved to be united. Now we're saying we've been saved to, to, to be sent. Right? Not saved to sit. Not saved to applaud what somebody else is doing. Not saved just to back them, although there's great value in that. It's your role as well. Have you ever led somebody to the Lord? Have you ever led somebody outside of your family to the Lord? And this isn't a guilt thing. Yes, no, we're trying to make somebody look better. Not that whatsoever. What I'm saying is, this is what Jesus wants to do through you. You believe that? You say, oh, not me. And I can't even talk very well. Or I don't know all this stuff. You know, not through me. Or I've tried and people, my voice, they just keeps bouncing off their ears. Not through me. Yeah, through you. And don't you know there are men and women sitting on the side of that hill listening to Jesus like, not through me. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Through you and through me. So Jesus made this promise. He said, as the Father has sent me, guess what? I'm sending you. As the Father has sent me to do a work, perform this work, I'm sending you out to do the very same thing. And so this commission of Jesus, not only does it unite us together with people who have gone before us and unite us together as we sit here today as people who are under the same mission, 
It sends us out to reach those who have yet to believe. So do you believe? Do you think God can use your life to help other people know Him? You say, I got a math test. Okay, take your math test. Sit next to a classmate and pray for them. Pray for a professor. You say, man, I got to mow my grass. Okay, mow your grass. And while you're out mowing yours, when you see your neighbor out, wave at him or her. Call him over. Say, hey, how you doing? I haven't talked to you lately. Go ahead and mow your grass. I got to go to the store. Okay, so do I. Go to the store. As you have opportunity, though, and you see people there who may be struggling, you're in line with somebody, go ahead and talk to them. Now, we were at Target last night, and this guy comes up, know him from anybody, stands beside us, and he says, you know, that's what I would buy right there. And so we start talking to him here just briefly. It's like, there was nothing hard about that, was it? No, and God can take just simple things like that to start a conversation or to help point people towards him. In our life group here a couple weeks ago, a few more than that, maybe week one or week two, you guys might remember the story of the guy who was a, he was a racist. He got in a lot of trouble, ended up in prison. Remember this guy? I can't remember his name right now. But there was a young man, there was a group of young people that came to the prison to visit. And this young boy, teenage boy, starts following him around and he asks him, can I pray for you? Hey, can I just pray with you? And he said, I don't care. You want to pray with me? Go ahead and pray. I don't care. He said, I don't remember at all. I couldn't tell you what he looked like. I couldn't tell you what he prayed. That didn't mean anything to me. Except a few days later, while he's sitting in his cell, he starts thinking about this little boy who had prayed for him. And that started pressing him towards God. You know, if I was that little boy... Teenage boy, I shouldn't say little boy. I'd probably be thinking, man, what a waste. What a jerk. Here, I'm trying to show love and care. I'll never do that again. I, mean, I would imagine he has no clue how God used that to turn this man's life around. I mean, literally. He talks about how he went to sleep and was just praying and when he awoke all his feelings of hatred and what had been his abuse in the past and his race that all was gone and there was this desire to pursue God to know God and so now he's got this prison ministry and he works to reach men who are in the same situation he was in right it doesn't have to be great big things but it is what life's about so be on mission I believe God can do that through you. I believe He's able to do immeasurably more. I believe He has. I believe He can. I believe He is. And I believe He will. We've got to set our heart and mind that direction. All right? And then third here and last this morning, the commission of Jesus. It's going to unite us. All right? We've been saved to be united. We've been saved to be sent. And now we've been called to equip those who do believe to help them become discipled as well. And we'll see this back in our text here this morning. So yes, being a disciple maker definitely means reach out to those who are far from God. But it also means to invest in those who have become followers of God. And that's much of what we do here as we gather together.
So helping build, helping equip, helping encourage those who have believed in Christ. See, Jesus sent out a handful of people who took him at his word, who believed that when he would send the power to be a witness, they believed that they could go and actually witness and people would listen. The Spirit would move and they would be saved. And we read about that on and on and on from the very beginning of the book of Acts all the way through the end of the, of, of the New Testament. Right? So people were consistent and they stayed after it. And I want to encourage you and I to do the very same thing. And so they went to those who had yet to believe. Some didn't believe. Some did. And for those who did, they invested in them. But you know what they taught them? They didn't just teach them to be a disciple. They taught them to be a disciple maker. Right? And those two things are very different. It's not just somebody who ends up saying it's about me, transform me, grow me, comfort me, give me peace, give me joy. It's about using that through me to help make other disciples. See, it doesn't end in me. The call ends as I continue to go out and work to bring other people to Christ. And so let's go back and read this in Ephesians 4 verse 11. So Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of this fullness of Christ. And so here we see the idea, it's, it's to be growing. So those who believe are supposed to continue to be invested in. And that's part of what we do here. And that's why we encourage you to be a part of a Bible study. That's why we challenge you every, every week or ask you every week, have you been in the Word? Right? Because that's where a lot of this is going to happen. You know, true discipleship doesn't take place only, you know, when we schedule it for one hour a week. Most of the time, true discipleship takes place when, when we sit, when we eat, when we lie down, as we go. It's just throughout our day. When we do life with one another, where it's not a scheduled service, I'll meet you here at 10 and we're going to leave at 11. But it's where we do life together. A lot of these things are built through just sharing life. And I believe that's where we need a culture shift. That's where we need a change. For a while, it's been built around programs and people thinking if we do the right program, then the right things will happen. And we've got to invest ourselves to this end wherever God places us. I believe God will utilize it that way. I just reminded myself here, the Trifonovs. Remember them, the missionaries to Bulgaria? We showed you the video at the start of the service. Uh, the, the husband there, his name is Trif, actually, T-R-I-F, Trif, Trifonov. Here's what he writes. He says, I have but one passion, and it's Jesus, and it's him alone. The world is the field, and the field is the world, and henceforth that country shall be my home where I can be most used in winning souls for Christ. Right? It sounds like a guy's got his mind intentionally set on working towards completing the mission. And nothing less than that is acceptable. Right now in my house, lots of times, early mornings, I'm kind of the breakfast guy. Which don't get your hopes up, that doesn't mean a whole lot. But what I know is that I can take a pack of muffins and mix half a cup of milk with them and put them in the little cupcake pan, set them in the oven, and I can put them in there for 13 minutes and they'll come out perfect. Right? 
I'll invite you over. 13 minutes. When that timer goes off, I know they are what? They're done. Okay? Well, we don't have a timer on us on this planet as far as being discipled is concerned. It's not like follow the Lord for three years, study the Word for five more years, and then guess what? You are ding, 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 done. And you know it all, and you're perfect. Now go. No, it doesn't work that way. I mean, the timer will go off when our ticker quits. And then we'll be made perfect. But until then, we're still like, we're still cooking in the oven. Right? You know, one of the neat things about that, you put it in, and you put them in about that deep in the, in the pan, but when they come out, they're overflowing the pan. You're like, I didn't know this was cooking class. The point is, that's kind of how we are. It just shows growth. And we're just to keep growing and growing and growing until we're done. And so it's my job to help you grow. Right? One of the roles of the pastor is to equip people to go out and make disciples. And that includes the person sitting next to you. And it also includes the person here around town that doesn't believe. That's our role. That's our mission. We've been saved to be united. We've been saved to be sent. And here we're talking about we've been saved to be served, to help build others. See, when disciples work to make disciples, we kind of come full circle. And we keep doing it. And we keep doing it. It's not just about me. It's about me going out and trying to make another one. It's about me trying to go out and make another one. Trying to win my neighbor. Right? Trying to win a student. Trying to win my spouse. Trying to lead a friend of mine to Christ. Classmate. Right? It just goes on and on and on. This is life. And lots of good things happen on this planet. But the God things are what we definitely want to be about. So here's kind of I want to close this today. If this is our mission... What I want to ask you to do, and I I want to ask you to ask me. Okay, just two words, ask me. And you might adopt those two words as well. What I mean by that is, is it nice outside today? Weather's pretty fair. I don't know if there's a ball game today or not, but if there is, then we could talk ball. We talk about gardening, talk about how flowers are looking around and where we're going to eat. That's all great. But what I want you to ask me is, how am I working to complete my mission? You say, man, Pastor, that's getting a little personal. You know, I feel like I shouldn't tread there. That's kind of between you and God. No, it isn't. And so I'm asking you, I'm giving you full freedom. Ask me. Ask me who I'm praying for. And tell me you'll pray with me. Ask me since last Sunday, Corey, maybe who has God put in your path that you've tried to win? That you've tried to serve and love? That you've tried to share the gospel with? Like, ask me. And I need you to ask me that because it's so easy to walk in and out of each other's lives and talk about everything else that's good without really getting to the heart of why we're here. Man, I don't want you to come before God and God say, what did you do about my mission? And you say, well, we talked about everything else. We just kind of let that be between them and you. No, ask me. I need you to help me be accountable. I need you to partner with me in this thing of helping reach people who don't know God and helping try to equip those who do, being faithful to this end. And I know the hesitation, right? Sometimes it's like, 
if I ask you, then that means you're going to ask me, and I'm not sure that I want you to ask me, and so I'll just keep talking to you about the weather and about your family and about your plans and how things are going. And those are all good as they work to connect us in relationship. But what you've got to know is that it's, it's not guilt-driven. My goal would never be to guilt you into thinking like you're less than a Christian because you might say, Corey, I haven't prayed for anybody this week. I haven't worked to lead anybody to the Lord in years. And you might feel guilty over that. That's just your adversary. That's your enemy. That's not me. I want to partner with you. And so what I'd say in return to you is, then let's start praying for God to help you be intentional. Let's pray for God to align you with somebody who needs Him. Believe and He can do it. I want to partner with you in this. And what I'm asking you to do is to partner with me as well. So will you help me? Will you ask me? See, if I was a betting man, and I'm not, but if I were, I would bet that you need me to ask you in return. And that you need the people you're sitting beside to ask you in return. Not so we can one-up one another, not to make each other feel bad, but to know that we're behind one another. We're supporting. We're in this thing together. Because the reality is, it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. So what I'm wondering today, is it going to go on through us? And will there be people a hundred years from now who say, I believe in Jesus Christ and I'm following Him and I'm working to make other disciples because somebody invested that in me. They didn't just keep their faith personal and private, but they invested that in me so that in turn I would share with somebody else. This morning we've talked a lot about the commission. We've talked about Jesus, but here what I want you to know today is that this all begins with Jesus Christ and receiving Him as your Savior and believing in Him as your only hope. And so maybe here this morning that's where this starts for you. You can't be on mission with Jesus until you start your journey of faith with Him. And that begins by realizing you need a Savior. Confessing your sin, asking Him to save you, His promise is, as you call out to Him as Lord, that He'll do just that. And so maybe you'd like to do that today. Or maybe you'd sit here today and just say, you know what? Ask me. Just ask me. All right? I want to ask you if you would to bow your heads here, and we're going to pray together. But just before we do, if you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus as your Savior, the Bible tells us that that comes through faith, believing in Him. Maybe today you would like to do that very thing. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I believe that you died and rose from the dead. I believe your word, which tells me if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you're the Son of God, that I can be saved. And so I'm asking today, Jesus, will you please save me? If that's you, would you just look at me and look right back down? I won't point at you in any way. And maybe as you sit here this morning, you say, no, Corey, I'm, I know that I'm saved. And I thank God so much for that. My prayer this morning is, will you ask me? Maybe not every day, maybe not every Sunday, but will you ask me? 
If that's you, would you just look at me and look back down here today? And as always, you've got to know, as I'm looking at you, you're looking right back at me. Just ask me. All right, well, let's pray together this morning. Father, we worship you as our God and the one who is overall, who's the creator and sustainer, Lord, who's moving in ways that we don't understand and cannot see. And we pray that we would continue to just press after you and try to get to know you as much as we possibly can. Lord, we thank you for how you've gifted those that you've surrounded us with. And would you utilize their gifts to help build and equip us to participate in works of service or to work towards completing our mission here, which is your mission. And God, may we be vigilant. May we persevere. May we endure. May we know there will be obstacles and hardships. May we know that it's costly, that it may require things from us that we're just not uh, so easy to part with. But God, just keep pointing us back to the things that are true. And God, I thank you for these who today are lifting their eyes. And Lord, just expressing their desire to be accountable and wanting to work together and to know that partnership and to be used to complete what it is that you've asked of them. And so, Lord, I pray the same for myself here this morning. And as best as we know how, we'll submit ourselves into your care, under your plan, and asking that you would lead us from this place today. And God, as we go throughout this week, help us to be intentional, intentional about seeking people who are far from you. Line us up, Lord, and help our paths to cross. Lord, help us to be intentional about growing in our faith and also equipping and helping others grow as well. And so utilize everything that we have, we pray, uh, for your glory uh, to this end. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, listen, as always, we'd love to talk to you or pray with you. If there's something that you'd like to share, be free, uh, feel free to do so. You can do that after service today or you can call or text or stop by the office anytime. We'd love to talk with you, okay? So I want to invite you to stand with me then as we dismiss ourselves here from Jude, uh, the last couple verses of this. Uh, and we'll ask this here this morning, all right? It says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Hey, God bless you guys. You have a great week, okay?